This is Pat Soundbites Unplugged. Unplugged. The podcast where all the artists go to tell it as it is. Careers, music, tours, and more. And here's your host, the man that refuses to eat squid, Pat Calamari. Welcome to Pat Soundbites Unplugged Podcast. Pat Calamari here, your host for another great episode of keeping new music alive on the radio, on the video, and on podcasts. And uh, we have really struck gold going worldwide, I should say, like in New Zealand. And that is with New Zealand rocker drummer Morpheus Tilly of the amazing band Mojo Alice. And uh, what a great chat. I learned so much about the music scene in New Zealand what it is to uh, be a musician and try to get your band on a radio and uh, what's going on over there and how different it is. Uh, not really much of a difference, I should say. I'll retract that from here in the States. Um, but uh, just a super guy, great chat. They got a great album out on uh, going to be re-released on July 9th on RFL Records, and it is really great, great job. All smoking, nine original, in your face, high energy, high tempo. They, there's no time for ballads with this band. And this is a band that, you know, the words that come to my mouth are, you have to see live. I mean, even watching the videos, it gives you an idea, but this band you will definitely want to see live. Not like you don't want to go see any live music because there's so much better to see it live, of course, compared to playing it on a vinyl or a CD or whatever you're using. But this band is all about live performance. And uh, we had a great, great chat. And um, you got to check it out. The album is called Liquid Sin, and it just starts from soup to nuts nine tracks and and and, and they got their act together um we talk a little acd i mean they they need to be the opening act for acdc as i asked uh, morpheus you know they do acdc uses this band that's been out of australia for like you know almost 20 years and i don't know i've never you know heard of them so they never really made it worldwide but you know i guess they're comfortable with them and obviously folks know them but it's time to move on because these guys, Mojo Alice, is really something to, to check out. And I encourage you to buy the record if you go to mojoalisband.com or RF, rflrecords.com. You can go check that all out. They're working on uh, album number two, actually. But hopefully their goal is to come over to the States, so that would be really, really cool. This was a Zoom chat, so of course I play the video, uh, video, and the video I um, tagged onto the the video, the Zoom chat, is Dirty Mary, and we talk about these tracks, so you could get a good kick out of what they were thinking. But uh, great band, great chat, Morpheus Tilly of the band, Mojo Alice. As always, please don't hesitate to share. Hit the subscribe button on my YouTube channel or even on Mojo Alice's YouTube channel. Check them out on Facebook. They're out there. Okay, as always, live, love, and laugh a lot because life is way too short. Episode number 146 with Morpheus Tilly of Mojo Alice. Enjoy. 
Hey, this is Morpheus Tilly of Mojo Ellis, and you're listening to Pat Soundbites Unplugged Podcast. Hey, live on Pat Soundbites IGTV, rocking the world, keeping new music alive on the radio and on video here in New York. And I got a rocker in New Zealand in the house. <laughs> Holy crap, do we go worldwide? Man, I was supposed to go to Australia for my honeymoon. Well, there's always a chance to still do that. Morpheus Tilly of the great rock band Mojo Alice in the house. How are hey, you, Pat. Morpheus? I'm real good, actually. Thank you very much. Awesome. How oh, my God. So it's Wednesday, your time, Tuesday, my time. Can you give me the lottery, the six numbers for Lotto, so I can <laughs> play them later and maybe win? Does that that's work? What was, that that's work? what I was asked the other day, actually. Yeah, I had, I had another interview the other day, and that's exactly what they asked me. Look, I'd be playing two if I could do that, Pat. <laughs> well, Mojo Alice is, uh, oh, my God, the minute I got a, a copy of your track, Liquid, Sin, which is right behind me, burling up here, nine tracks of original killer, high in your face energy music. I gotta say, Morpheus, listening to the music with a headset on and even cranking it up does no justice. You are such your band is such a live band. I, yeah. I you gotta be there to really take it all in. That's what I said to. Uh, Doug and, and some of the refs at uh, the label and I said my goodness and I fell in love with watching the videos that you guys have put up um, talk to oh, me before you. we get into the band talk to me how you found your love of music Morpheus how did you know, I know you're the drummer of the band um, I might I might think you're one of the lead songwriters but have, take me back to where did you find the love of the music? Was it in family or growing yeah. up? Go ahead. Yeah, for, for my my very first memory actually was um, the theme from Shaft by Isaac Hayes. That's what. Wow. That, that song. That's a groove of a song, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the Beatles' "Hey Jude." I think that was because I was only you know I was only young then, but I remember those two tracks being real big. And uh, that sort of got me hooked. But I, I've always loved music and uh, got into the drums sort of in my late teens and, and just took it from there, just joined a band and when I was about 20 and, it, you know, there's been no looking back. So it wasn't like you went to school, you got you started at five and played in a band in school and took lessons. You went right to the right when you got out of school, pretty much. Yeah, well, I think I I think my parents, well, my parents were very sports orientated and uh, that's what they wanted us to do. But, but I think they knew I could play, but they didn't want the noise in the house. So once <laughs> I sort of, yeah, once I sort of got into my late teens, there was, I just said, oh, I'm getting a drum kit and they rolled with it, you know. I mean, it's, noisy, it's noisy as hell and someone learned to play drums is noisy, but, you know, they uh, they supported me with it. Very cool. Do uh, are you one of the lead songwriters uh, for the band? We 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 actually all write uh, equally. We we jam in our little studio. Um, so musically, we all take part in that process. Really collaborative. Uh, and then Jim writes the lyrics. You know, she's the vocalist, so she writes the lyrics. So we all, yeah, we've all got equal share in the songwriting. Well, why why you mention her? Let's just go over all the bandmates. Yep. Jim, it's J E M, right? Um, That's right. Yep. Oh my goodness! This barefoot and stopping, Janice Joplin, Bon Scott, screaming, "Holy 
boy, does she got a range. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, she's awesome. She's got a, she's just got, uh, got it all there. Hasn't she? Unbelievable. That is, that's that's just it. It's such a live band. And I don't say that for everybody. I mean, you always want to see live music, but your tracks is just all boom, live, live, live. Who else is in the band? I know you got Maddie, I want to say. Yeah, Maddie Ray's on the bass, and then we've got Brody on guitar. So it's, you know, guitar, bass, and drums with the lead singer, the classic sort of four-piece lineup. Where did you come up with the name Mojo Alice? Well, we're all blues lovers, so the Mojo... That, that's where that's from. And, you know, you can hear the blues in our, our songwriting. The Alice is from Mojo, uh, from Alice in Wonderland, the actual story and, and all the themes, the dark themes that run through that. Kind of that's, that's where we're about, you know. Before I go further into it, I should have asked you, how's everything going for yourself, your family, uh, dealing with this whole COVID pandemic? What's, the, right. what's going on in New Zealand? Things are starting to open up here in New York. No yep. more masks, no more social distancing. What's how's it going for you guys out there? Well, we were very lucky mainly because we've we've only got five million people in the whole country. So we had an initial outbreak in 2020 in March. So the country was sort of locked down for uh, five or six weeks. Everything was locked down. And then since then we've had a sporadic outbreaks in uh, the biggest city, Auckland. But uh, generally been pretty lucky. At the moment, we're trying to get the vaccination rollout going, and that's been very slow. I mean, my mother's 80, she's 86, and she still hasn't been vaccinated yet. And, and I just don't understand what the story is. But I, I think it's getting access to the vaccine, you know, okay. so I think that's been a problem. But no, we've been very lucky. Um, clubs and bars have been sort of open full time since about last August. So there's been gigs happening. There's been stadium gigs with local bands had some touring acts through but i would imagine in the next 12 months it's just going to go ballistic around the world isn't it once everyone's I vaccinated hope, or I, dude I, I hope so god bless <laughs> god bless your mom and i hope yeah. she gets her shot um you you started talking about the music scene. what is the actual music scene in new zealand i mean when we're like you know you hear australia new zealand and we we gravitate to acdc olivia yep. newton john keith urban uh yep. you know neil finn crowded house what yes, is that yes. do I, I know more and more bands from at least the states are going out your way um, yeah you see are you getting to see a lot more other bands over here that are making it uh, making it uh, an appearance for you guys yeah well our music scene is predominantly reggae drum and bass uh you know pop music all those big acts of like elton john and uh fleetwood mac <clears throat> they're they're really popular in new zealand obviously they they tour a lot um i mean guns and roses and, and acdc always sell out their stadium shows here um and then you get the smaller bands coming through to do the, the club shows, you know, the 5,000 seater little arenas and things like that. So, yeah, we get, we get generally when a band's on a world tour, they'll come to New Zealand if, if the demand is there. But the, the big acts will either put one or two shows. I mean, Black Sabbath on their final, their, their end tour, they played in two cities here. So, yeah, we do get, we get the big shows through. Now, when did you guys form Mojo Alice? Uh, we, oh, we sort of, um, 2016, we got together and really just, you know, over the music sort of uh, music ads on the internet, 
Jim and I hooked up and then Brody came in and we had another bass player for a while and then Maddie joined a couple of years ago. Uh, and yeah, we sort of just, we were started off doing covers, but we actually got bored with it really quickly and then got into originals. Didn't take too long. Um, so we do do a mean cover actually. And I know Doug would love us to do some covers, but you know, we're, we're solely focused on the original stuff at the moment. Now, all good. Is it a challenge for you to get your tracks played on your local radio rock blues station in New Zealand? Yeah, the, the mainstream ones, you know, the, the the big FM station, yeah, it's quite a struggle. Um, I mean, they've obviously got their format. The, the internet radio stations, there's a few local ones, they're really supportive. So we love working with them. So, um, yeah, internet radio is really supportive, the underground stuff, but the, the mainstream rock FM, it's very hard to get your music on those those stations. No, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it, I always like to learn about what you go through and how things operate out in your country. It sounds pretty well the same trend, unless you know somebody or you got a lot of moolah to get yeah, out well, there. I think the labels, the, 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 the New Zealand bands that get on the, the big stations here, they I think their labels pay for them to be on there. I mean, I'm not so sure, but I think that's how it rolls. Um, um same thing in the States for the most part, I have to say. Yeah. Um, which is sad. I'm with an independent radio station. So my job, I love keeping playing new music. And there's so much great new music. And I found that niche. And I, and before you know it, I mean, you know, Billy Gibbons, Alice Cooper, because they're playing new music. I mean, anybody can play the hits. I play yeah. hits. I love the hits. I love their stuff. But when you get 10 CDs a week, you know, you want to be the guy playing new music. I get 10 seats. The hardest challenge I have is finding the time to listen to the music. And I'm like, I bet, I bet. I'm like, and I, I finally got to listen to your stuff. And I'm like, this is a Doug. Oh my goodness. So yeah, thanks. Is, there, is there, um, you know, what's the game plan? I know Doug is saying that you guys are, the album is going to be re-released here in the States. Yeah. Um, are, are you are you working with Doug? Are you taking it upon yourself to hit the venues, your places, no, and, and, and do a tour? We uh, signed with RFL oh probably three months ago now. Uh, so Doug, yeah, we work closely with Doug. I mean, pretty it's pretty much twenty four seven with Doug and John. Um, so John wanted to put the Liquid Sin album out because we recorded that a couple of years ago ourselves. And got it mixed and mastered in New Zealand, but you know, obviously we didn't have a lot of money. So John felt it was a strong album and wanted to put it out as a as a you know taster. So Jeff Westlake's he's re remixed and remastered it and given it a sonic overhaul. And I mean, it kicks ass now. It's just, oh my god! You know, if he's done a stunning job. Well, your opener in my head. If that doesn't kick ass, the vocals, <laughs> the drums, the guitar riff. I mean, it's just a great, great opener. Do you open the show with that? Yeah, we do actually. Yeah, we we we've done. Um, yeah, it is our opening track. I don't know whether it'll. I mean, at some point we'll probably want to change it, but it is a. It's the one that we love hitting out. It's really on your face, isn't it? Oh my goodness! Do you do you get a chance to sell out the venues that you? I mean, you got a good name that you got a big following in New Zealand. <laughs> it's it's. Really difficult for us because rock is not the huge thing in New Zealand. So you've got to build your crowd, and there is a there's a lot of bands coming through of, of different 
you know, uh, professional levels. So people get a little bit blasé and it's pretty hard to get them along to, you know, to watch bands. There's so many little bands coming through every week. So what we generally do is, is play with other bands in a package, other, you know, strong bands. So, yeah, we can, you know, the, some of the venues can be quite packed out. Sometimes you you hope they're going to be and they're not so much. It's the same for every band, I guess. So we do you know, we do a lot of club gigs. Um, but at the moment, we've, we've put the live thing on hold while we get our new album written because that's our sole focus at the moment. Is there is, is blues a big um, genre? You, I mentioned you mentioned reggae. Um, yeah how does how does like a blues person try to make it out there oh there's 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 blues clubs in sort of every city and it's i guess it's a, it's not as strong as you would want it to be and i mean that's why i think we've got a bit of a niche in the market the, the other local rock bands they're they're either metal you know death metal industrial metal um what does doug call it the cookie monster vocal metal you know that sort of stuff there's there's not any bands that play sort of the straight rock blues like us and you know that's just naturally who we are we we, um we we can't really do anything else it just we get together and jam and that's what comes out oh my goodness i mean you got the whole entire package in my head is a great opener then you get into not that into you and it's real heavy metal sound master into love loving has got that blues rock in her scream yeah. scream my name i'm like oh my <laughs> God. i could just be there a live show hearing people screaming her name Jim, <laughs> or mojo alice uh liquid sin is another one is a great audience like track yep. to get the audience involved and clap and and all that i mean the ace so high energy. I mean, there, I don't, there's not a ballad on this. On no, we're not a soppy band, Pat. That's the thing. We've <laughs> we've tried to we've tried to do ballads. It's just not us. No. We're pretty down. We're we're four pretty down to earth characters. Well, I, you know, you just proved that you don't need a ballad. I always ask you, you, you know, when you put the tracks together, uh, was it? Did you put them in the order that you wanted the listener? To like when they get in the car, they crank it up and it it followed this path and yeah. journey. Yeah, we took a lot of time to get the sequencing right. Actually, we all had a go at it, and then we got together and chose the best sequence. Really, so yeah, the four of us all put together different uh, patterns that we wanted the songs in. But you know, most of the time, people have got it on shuffle these days, and it doesn't actually matter when you listen to it in the shuffle. It still kicks ass from start to finish. Now, I like. I like to close my eyes and try to get the message and listen to the lyrics and the stories or get in the car and just crank it up and it just goes. And this is great because it just goes probably get a speeding ticket next week, but I, you know, it is what it is. And then you end with the creature and boy, yeah. is that an end song? Oh my God. Yeah. It's, yeah that's talk, a bit of a monster song. Talk to me. So you guys, were you able to record together in a recording studio? And everybody we, brings in a riff, or you said Jim yeah. writes the lyrics? Yeah, pretty much. Um, when we write, we're all, we work on the riff and develop that into, into the song arrangement. And, you know, Jim sits there and listens, and then she'll go away and actually write the lyrics for the song. Um, she likes to have the topic first. That helps her really focus on what she wants to write. So when we recorded it, we actually recorded it ourselves. We bought all the gear and... Uh, Jim's husband's a builder. He he built a, a soundproof vocal booth in, in our little uh, garage that we rehearse in. Well, it's a big garage. 
So we were able to get really clean tracks mostly. Um, and most of it's live. I mean, I think Master 11, apart from the vocal track, is, is was pretty much the first take. The others were sort of third or fourth takes, but we uh, we wanted to capture that energy of a live show. And we, we want the, our music to, uh, when you listen to it on an album, it transposes well to a live setting, so there's not too much difference. Um, you, you hit it out of the park. You achieved that, my friend, real easy. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, and I understand that because as the vocalist, she's got to show the emotion. She's got to sell it. And boy, yeah. does, watching the videos, boy, does she come through that she, this is, she knows what's how, how she's getting it out there. How, with the songwriting, Morpheus, is it, is it therapeutic for you guys? Things that, ideas, relationships, uh, was there a concept behind the songs that you were trying no, to achieve? No, those songs, we, we wrote 12 songs, uh, and those were the best nine. We didn't, there's three that we didn't put on the record. We didn't feel they they fit very well. So we were aiming for a 40-minute album and ended up sort of close to it. Um, I like that sort of old school sort of, you know, when you, the vinyl albums are 40 minutes, 42 minutes. For me, that's, I think anything longer than that, I, I personally start to lose interest. That's just me. So we we're aiming for the 40-minute mark. Um but yeah, really, it's about getting the, the, the quality of the songs. We're very, we're quite particular about making sure that the verse and the chorus and the bridge or the middle eight, whatever goes really well together. And it's not just like a patchwork. You know, it's got to mold really well together. So we well, take what, a lot of time on that. Well, what Doug forward to me is very polished, well produced, and makes the songs, the product stands up by itself, all original. Um, I love the fact that you could actually hear all the instruments very clear, very high energy, high tempo in your face. Um, obviously, a little ACDC, maybe a little yep. bad company, a little yep. Led Zeppelin, maybe a little Aerosmith. You got that little blues rock stones. Yep. You know, it's, not, it's just not all rock. You get that. You know, there's that bluesy rock groove to, to it. Yeah. I felt. The, gr the groove is the thing for us. That's that's the main thing. We all love music that's that grooves. And so, um, you know, and all of us come from got different tastes. I mean, I'm an old school Zeppelin, Sabbath, Leonard Skinner, uh, Deep Purple fan, really. ACDC, where the boys are into Pantera and Lamb of God. Um, oh, wow. You know, they so they bring in a whole metal perspective. Yep. Yep. And that's where I think you get that the guitar sounds quite metally, but you've got the sort of bluesy groove. And then... And then, you know, because we all love ACDC and the, and the big bands, Guns N' Roses, all those, We, you know, that's a meeting there. Uh, but then Jim brings in a sort of a Joan Jett, um, sort of like she's a real Meatloaf fan too. She loves Meatloaf's albums. So it kind of just molds in really nicely. Boy, that's what you get. A great blend when you put it in a blender and you punch out Liquid Sin. I'm like, Liquid Sin, we were talking like too much uh, little alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's end of the week, isn't it? Getting over your week at work. Well, then you got to track Mr. J. I didn't know if you were talking Mr. Jimmy Hendrix <laughs> no, or Mr. J. No, that's about that song's about Robert Johnson. If you, the, the, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the Channeling the Aces uh, tribute to Lemmy, that's um, the one that sounds a bit like Motorhead. When yes. we jammed it up, we thought, yep. oh, this sounds like Motorhead. And then we thought, well, let's, you know, you know it, it being dead two or three years, we thought, why don't we do a tribute song? So if you listen carefully, you can hear a lot of Motorhead um, references through the lyrics. And Dirty Mary, talk to me about Dirty Mary. We're going to play the video of Dirty Mary. 
Yeah, well, Dirty Mary is an unusual song. It, um, we were we were taking part in a you know Battle of the Bands competition, and we needed more material. So I, I threw that together. I patched that together from a bunch of jams, and then um, it's only the one of the times that, that I've written lyrics because we needed the song, and I just presented the song and said, "Will this do?" You know, and everyone goes, "Oh yeah, that that'll do. We'll work on that." But it's really developed from those days. You know, we've been playing it for a couple of years. It's about um, that classic old road movie, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, from the mid seventies, <laughs> and I'd, I'd watched it on a long haul flight just just before. <laughs> I'd been on holiday and I, I was coming back from Shanghai and I it was on the you know on the plane, so I watched it and then it was only a week later I sort of listened to the music and I thought that sounds like a chase you know a car chase sort of, uh, so I just put the lyrics to it. But yeah, so Jim's changed it a little bit, uh, but that's pretty much how it was. So that's yeah that song's based on that movie. Very cool. And then you got Drop Dead, and then you yep. got The Creature. Boy, yeah. and you just woke up this animal when this thing comes alive. <laughs> that guitar riff, I'm like, wow, who is yeah. this guy? You mentioned flights. I think it's like a 22-hour flight from the States to New Zealand. Is that? Uh, if you get a well, direct, sure you got to stop a, in London or Paris, and then yeah, if you, yeah, it's it's it, uh, let's see, it's probably about 14 hours, I think. What you know, from airport to airport, but it's a bloody long way, you know, and you have to watch a lot of movies. <laughs> what what are we gonna what do we have to do to get you to open for acdc is there any well, I, do, you, do you have any connections or know anybody with uh angus and and any of the band members no they're they're no we don't um they're real loyal guys so when they came through the last two tours they've pretty much used the same bands to open their gigs up here um so i i don't know it, it would be great i mean honestly i think we're We'd be all having that fan moment for a little while, but we'd—I mean—we'd love it. We'd just absolutely love to support a band like that. That would be my, you know, big big thing for me. Is it? Just, you said it's the same band. Is it? A, is it a New Zealand Australian local band? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a band called She Had, which have been around for 20, 25 years, and they—they've opened for ACDC, I think, for the last three or four tours of New Zealand, and done some Australian dates. So they generally stick with the same bands. Um, occasionally they might have a, a band, a couple of bands before that. I mean, I you know it, it would be a real honor, and I think the music would fit real well. Oh, absolutely! You guys open for them is perfect. Or yeah. Guns and Roses. The idea is to try to get a couple of tracks to Angus to say just just take a just take a peek at this. You know that that yeah, would be. Well, well, we want to keep flying the flag for this music, eh? I mean, you know, these bands are not going to be around forever. And, you know, we want to be the bands that come through and keep this sort of heavy rock going. I got to see ACDC open for Kiss back in 1978 here in the States. And I want to say, well, it was before Highway to Hell. But when they came on stage, there was something about them. Now everybody's all pumped. For Kiss, the bombs, the pyros, gee, yeah, yeah. the makeup, everybody is, is Kiss. But then, you, I mean, you got AC, who is this? And there's Angus in the school outfit running around. But they were holding, they held their own that you didn't forget them. And, yeah. You know, and Bond, Scott, I mean, I, I, I credit, I always credit Malcolm. I think yep. Malcolm was the glue to that band, no matter what. I mean, Angus could do whatever he wants. Bond can sing, 
you know, a Cliff and Phil, but Malcolm was really the guy behind that band to me. I, I don't know about anybody yeah. else. Did no, you feel I think the that's, same way? Yeah, no, I think absolutely, absolutely right. And I'm just reading that uh, book by Tana Douglas, who was a roadie for them way back in the mid 70s. Um, and she says exactly the same because she was working for the band before they became real big. And she said Malcolm was the guy. Malcolm, I mean, when you listen to the songs, you just hear that rhythm and just boom, oh, boom, yeah. boom, boom. And now I understand it's his son, Steve or Stevie. Uh, yeah. It's a, their nephew, I think, or cousin. Yeah. Okay. I, I know it's a Stevie Young or some yeah. relation in there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How many times have you seen ACDC? Uh, twice. I saw the Razor's Edge tour and uh, the last one uh, what was the Rock or Bust. I think it was that tour. Yeah, I, both times I, I saw the Razor's Edge tour in London and, and at Wembley Arena. It was fantastic. Um, but I actually enjoyed the Rock or Bust gig better. The light show was amazing. I, I thought the band were superb. And Chris Slade was on the drums both times. And I, I'm a real Phil Rudd fan. I mean, I love Chris Slade too, but Phil Rudd is just the man, you know, he's got the look, he's got the, I love, I play a similar setup of drums to him and, and in a similar style because I'm not one of these flashy drummers that throw my head around all over the place. I just lay it down, you know, and uh, so I got a lot of co lot in common with him. But, yeah, I, so I'd I love to see love another Phil. tour. With, yeah. And uh, Chris was, uh, Chris was with the firm, I want to say. Yeah. I remember the firm. Yeah, and he was Gary Moore before that, I think, or after Gary that. Gary Moore, yeah, yes. Went, yeah. Who, who was your, I mean, do you have a, besides Phil, a, a real favorite drummer that you like? I mean, was it Bonham oh, I, back I'd in like the day Bill, or Bill Ward or? Yeah, Bill Ward's there. Uh, John Bonham, of course. Everyone loves John Bonham. Um, uh, Ian Pace. John Bonham and Ian Pace are my two. I mean, they, to me, they're both as strong as each other and, you know, for different reasons. I mean, Ian Pace's snare work on Burn, you know, and live that guy is just amazing, even now. Uh, and I mean, Bonham live, I'm, what I do is I listen to a lot of old Zeppelin bootlegs on YouTube and my, my goodness, you know, how Bonham played like that in front of 20,000 people, you know, that confidently is just unbelievable, the stuff he was doing. So, yeah, those two drummers, Bill Ward, obviously, I love Vinnie Appice, who's, you know, with Last in Line now, but I've, I've followed him all the way from the Dio days because I'm a big Dio fan. He, he's just, I just love his snare, uh, hand and feet work, you know. Real, so cool. real heavy bottom, real heavy yeah. bottom. Yeah, and I love Mickey D, you know, who was with Motorhead. Um, I don't play double bass but I or double kicks, but um, yeah, Cozzy Powell and, and uh, Mickey D are my two favorite sort of double bass players. They're, they're great drummers, those guys. I became friends with Carmine Apiece, Vinny's oh, yeah. brother. And Carmine got the stories. I mean, Led Zeppelin opened up for Vanilla Fudge. And That's John right, yeah. was just in love with um, Carmine's double bass. And I, I mean, Carmine plays with the sticks backwards, right? The fat mm. end. Um, well, yeah. I should say, right? The fat end, uh, hitting, hitting the drums, the fat, him and Vinny. And uh, I, I go, he goes, it's just a thicker sound. Yeah. And I got to meet Vinny with Last in Line. And, uh, uh, just a great bunch of guys, man. Man, oh man. Then what's the most in, what's the most important piece of a drum kit, Morpheus? The the most important piece. Uh, I think your your sticks. You've got to have some really good sticks and and quality uh, drum heads. That and the chair. Well, the chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Everybody yeah. goes, they look at me and go, well, it's this, it's Tom. It's, I go, it's the chair, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going. I got to meet Michael Cardelloni from Leonard Skinner. Oh, yeah. And as a, a fan. And I'm actually interviewing Rick Allen tomorrow from Depp Leopard. Cool. Rick and Michael are both um, artists and they have incredible artwork on the drum head. So I'm interviewing Rick tomorrow. He's uh, coming up from Florida up to Philadelphia for an art gallery. Right. But I said to Michael, you know, as a fan, everybody wants to hear Freebird. But for him, he says it's a 15-minute marathon. So yeah. he said it, it's really – I mean, when you look at – you watch the video of Keith Moon back in the day. He's out of the chair. Yeah. He's hitting all over the – I mean, the guy would be in a chiropractor every day if you did 200 to 300 shows like they used to do. Well, um, that's Michael, right. Michael said it's the whole – you know, he don't even have to move. Basically, if you got to, like – bend over. He goes, something's wrong. You got to have the kit right there and you can just hit everything without missing yeah, a beat. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's having things close by, but, you know, drummers have so many different setups, don't they? You know, that's the, I mean, I like mine very simple, very, very simple and not too many symbols, you know. Michael, um, every tour he moves the snare to make, to challenge him. So it's not right. complacent. So he becomes a better, which I thought was like, I'm not a musician. So I meet these people and I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, he goes, if you do the same thing, he goes, I'm moving yeah. around. So now I got to test myself. I said, yeah, because okay. some tours, you know, some tours he has two bass drums and other tours he has one bass drum. Yeah, and I love Leonard Skinner. I, I think it's been brilliant. You know, obviously that, that terrible tragedy in 1977, but to keep the band going, and I know they've had a lot of criticism from people, oh, it's just a tribute band. It isn't a tribute band. Gary Rosington is still there, and that's still pertinent, you know. They put on great shows. They're an awesome band. Musically, oh, they're just me, amazing. Uh, I, I, um, I met Artemis Pyle. Artemis has a band. And when you sit with him and, you know, and I hate to bring it up, the whole accident, but he has no mm. problem talking about it. I think it's more therapeutic for him yeah. to be able to release it and share the story. And uh, it's uh, incredible. Yeah, it's not a tribute band. When Gary's still there they, yep. and, and Ronnie does a great job. They all do. They all do a, a terrific job. I, 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 I talked to Ronnie and Ricky in a pickup truck on an interview once, and it was hysterical. These two driving some back road in Florida, and I'm trying yeah. to be serious, and they're arguing with each other and laughing. <laughs> I'm like, I, I think what I love about that band, and same with ACDC, because Mojo Alice has got the same, that, that the really, they're real loyal, tight guys. You know, They look after each other, and, and we're like that as a band too. Um and that's what I like. It's like a family. And that's why I like the, the connection with RFL and John and Doug and with Jeff Westlake. You know, we're all brothers in this. Absolutely. You, know, you go to a Skinner it's show. Be. It's Skinner Nation. We're yep. here together. And, you know, it's an hour and a half, two-hour kick-ass. And yep. uh, you feel really, I mean, it's they, they praise the country. They praise the military, the veterans. They care. They want to they take do, care yeah. of people. And, and it comes across in all, all the music that we love. My God, Mor Morpheus, it's, uh, I could talk for hours. This is, this is so cool to, uh, to meet you. And uh, 
You're looking forward to playing a bunch of your tracks on our rotation here in New York. We gotta get you flew to London. You gotta you gotta put everybody to play and come to the. We gotta talk to Doug. We gotta get you here to play. Oh, in the no, we're, we're, we're keen as well. As soon as we can, we're going to try and come over and do some shows. Absolutely. That is cool. You, you said before you're working on album number two to follow up to Liquid Sin. Yeah, we've just started pre-production with Jeff Westlake. So um, we're looking at, you know, a 10 song album for number two. And it's the, the, the music's similar, but it's more mature. It's more confident. Yeah, we've been together longer and um, we're, we're really aiming to have a really another strong product. But, uh, it'll you know, sonically, it's going to be massive with Jeff behind us. Yeah, he's a great guy to work with, and he's a bit of a hard case. You know, he's a good sense of humor. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed the chat as much as I have, and you're always welcome to come back once you get the other album out or if you got a tour coming on. You can oh, tell no, I'd love to. You can tell everybody New York, Pat is playing Mojo Alice. I want everybody to go to RFL Records or go to Mojo Alice band.com they're on a website they got a facebook page they're on instagram mojo underscore alice am i missing anything morpheus no we're we're on all the all the digital platforms and uh all the social media so yeah if you see us there you know all the bands got an instagram page so you look for morpheus tilly brody jim and maddie ray and just you know say hi and be part of the gang we've got a We've got our Mojo Mofos group, which is our you know fan group. We love people to join that. Just that's a bit of a reverence. We always have a bit of fun in that group. So, yeah, just come and join us. We're a big family, and we welcome everybody. We want to do that. We want to buy a T-shirt, and I want everybody to hit the subscribe button on their YouTube channel and yep. become a friend on Facebook and whatever you need to do. It's time to rock a little Mojo Alice and a little Dirty Mary right here on Pat Soundbites IGTV. Rock on! <laughs> 